From Content360, this is the state of client acquisition. Welcome to the state of client acquisition. This is your host, Michael Bohannes. On today's episode, I am very happy to welcome Sam Moss, who is a co-founder of a website development agency. And Sam has built an agency of 13 people, 13 employees, basically purely on the strength of his LinkedIn content and his podcast. So this is definitely worth a chat. In our interview, Sam shares his growth path, what is his strategy, what are his weekly and daily routines, and uh, a really interesting strategy for his podcast. It's definitely something you can learn from for your own business on LinkedIn. All right, without further ado, let's go right into this week's episode. All right, today I am very excited to be joined by Sam Moss, who is the co-founder of One Click Agency, who are website developers that get marketing. Sam, great to have you. Thanks, man. I like that intro. Not many people have introduced like our little tagline. <laughs> did I uh, did I get that right? Yeah, it is. That's exactly what we do. Excellent. Good stuff. So, Sam, you and I are talking because, first of all, I've been following you for a while. You are posting great content on LinkedIn. And uh, I, I really was intrigued by a recent post of yours where you said that you should be known for one thing. So I was like wondering, what should that one thing be? Especially as far as I'm concerned, I was like being a little bit selfish because I help people to in this entire process of finding clients on LinkedIn and I mix positioning, profile optimization, I do uh, content, I do prospecting and then the sales process and also helping people to scale via products. So I was wondering, like, should I just pick one of those areas? And that's what piqued my interest. So maybe if mm -hmm. we could talk about that and because you are somebody who's very good at creating LinkedIn content that, that gets a lot of attention and so I was just curious if you could talk about that, where your thought process is on this particular post where we, where we started the conversation over. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when it comes to being known for something, the way that you do that is by talking about something over and over. Um, and that's why I'm a big proponent of talking about the majority of one thing when it comes to LinkedIn. So for example, myself, um, I would like to be known for website development and marketing. Um, and I know those are two different things, but they're, they're very closely knit. So for me, the majority of my content is marketing advice that B2B marketers would find helpful. In addition to that, you know, we talk about websites, we talk about a couple of other things that don't really correlate, but I would say 80% of what we talk about is one thing because I want my buyers to recognize me for that. So when they have an issue or when they're thinking about marketing, oh, Sam is the guy who talks about this and I'm always constantly top of mind. Now, when I say I talk about marketing, um, a good way to do this is to identify a main topic, which again, you know, marketing, and then come up with a few subtopics underneath that. So for me, um, because I talk about marketing, that means websites, can be under that, how to structure one, how to make it perform better, how to convert better. That can be all under one leg. Another leg could possibly be maybe what I've learned with podcasting. Um, I do like to share that and people find that valuable. Again, we're under the marketing umbrella. The third uh, leg that, that I stick to is actually how to build a brand um, 
generate demand and content marketing on LinkedIn. Again, we're still all under the marketing umbrella, but it's good to mix it up with some subtopics. And even though copywriting is technically a form of marketing, I don't really touch on it. I just stick to a, a two or three subtopics and talk about all of that 80% of the time. And then possibly 20%, I talk about whatever I want to, because you do need to be human as well. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And you, yeah, this is also one post, as I was looking you up and learning a little bit more about you, I saw that you had recently had a baby. So congratulations on that. And there's- that Thank you. Sorry, my phone just went off. <laughs> no problem. No problem. And that makes, that makes two of us. So- Excellent, Sam, thank you so much for this. So let's let's rewind a little bit. And so you can also tell us a little bit more about yourself. Tell us your trajectory to the LinkedIn superstar who you are, who's regularly collecting 100 plus likes on your content. So when, when did you start? Uh, what was your strategy with LinkedIn? And what was your timeline towards getting traction? So I don't know if I would use the word superstar to describe me, but thank you for the compliment. I do appreciate that. I would say there's a lot of people that are doing it better, but um, I'm definitely hoping to be there one day. So when it comes to where I started, I decided I wanted to post on LinkedIn back. Actually, it was a year ago. So we're sitting at May 27th today is when we're recording this. Um, roughly about a year ago um, is when I decided to take it seriously. And when I say seriously, I was posting content on LinkedIn, but it was to generate leads. So I was posting, hey, we build websites, come to us. And that was a post, hmm. right? Which is not what I would consider content marketing. What I did was I made the shift to providing value. And if you scroll back to May or even June of 2020, I wasn't talking about marketing yet. Again, I was just figuring this out. We were actually selling websites to small businesses. We hadn't moved in. We hadn't 100% focused on B2B tech companies yet. So I was like, hey, I'll, I'll just talk about business advice. What a great way to attract them. And tried that for a couple of months, kind of learned the platform. And, and then after that, learned, you know what, let's, let's talk about websites. And then from there, it kind of expounded to marketing as a whole. And uh, here we are today talking about the three subtopics of marketing that I mentioned before. And it's been, it isn't perfect. I started with getting three likes on a post and that was okay to me. Now, uh, you know, obviously we've gained some decent engagement, but one thing I want to caution people is engagement is great, but if you, if your ideal buyers aren't engaging with the post, then what's the point? Something that, that really resonated with me uh, is I would rather get 10, 15 of my ideal buyers to comment or like the post than 500 people that would never buy from us. It looks good and it feels nice, but from a business standpoint, I would way rather the first scenario. Mm. Yeah. And it seems that you have actually combined these two things where you are getting triple digits, uh, liking like figures and commensurate comment levels plus they seem to also be from relevant people so uh, on that topic could you share some numbers i would like to see if you could share a little bit of numbers like do you track how many clients actually come for from your linkedin content on a monthly basis i don't have any hard numbers but i can feel that it's working and i've also had people say they haven't said it but it's obvious to know where they came from yeah because they reached out on linkedin 
and said, Hey, can we schedule a call? Maybe they go to our website and fill out the form. And then I'm like, you know, this name sounds familiar. I go and look, Oh, they've been liking my content for the past three months. Mm. Um, that's a great qualitative way to figure it out. And it's not rocket science to figure out where these people come from. If you notice inbound leads are starting to ramp up the more you do content and the longer you've been doing it, where do you think it's coming from? And it's not that hard to search their name and figure out if you're connected or if they've been following you or possibly have come across your content. And that's how I look at it. Um, I try not to focus on it too much, but it is good to know that, yeah, we've hundred percent gotten business through LinkedIn. Um, it's a great way to create and generate demand for your company or your business or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, so that people think of you when they're ready to buy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the principle absolutely makes sense. Uh, I just want to, so you don't have any means of actually tracking that you could say, okay, in, uh, April we had, $20,000 in March, we had $10,000 coming through LinkedIn. So you don't, you, you don't do that. Mm -mm. No, I mean, the majority of our, our business comes through that and a podcast. Um, we don't do any outbound. We don't do any paid advertising. So it's pretty easy for us to know oh, where wow. it's coming from. So yeah, it's everything, like everything virtually coming via your podcast and your personal presence on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Wow. And when I say podcast, it's not even like the listeners, it's just the guests that I've built a relationship with. They're like, hey, by the way, I know you do this. I've had maybe two or three listeners say, hey, I've been listening to the, the podcast and I've been reading the stuff on LinkedIn. Like we need a quote for a website, but it all it all meshes together. And I just know it's working. Hmm. Exactly. I, uh, I've gotten a similar feeling from I'm quite a big fan of Chris Walker. Don't know if mm -hmm. you're familiar with him. Big fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And he also has this, he's not big on attribution. He simply says when you feel that it's working, it usually is, right? So that mm -hmm. there's a gut feel and you are you seem to echo that sentiment. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I could go into tracking it deeper, but there's not really a point. Like I mentioned, <laughs> if a lead comes in, it's pretty easy to know if they came from LinkedIn or they're going to mention they heard me on a podcast just in conversation. Mm. Um, and it's you can definitely ask, and I do. Um, but I mean, it's pretty easy for us to attribute where our inbound leads come from. Okay. And so that's amazing. You've built an entire business and I believe you are like at least 10 people working at your company. Is that correct? Um, we have a team of 13 website developers okay. that... Uh, honest with our projects yeah so okay. we've we've definitely scaled that's incredible so that is and i just love seeing these kind of success stories where on the strength of your content and your podcast which is content as well you have managed to build a company with 13 team members i presume not everybody's formal employee but it's like you are you have enough to feed 13 people so to speak mm -hmm. that's incredible yeah i would say the majority of it has come through what I've done on LinkedIn itself, and it's continuing to grow. The podcast is more of an even slower growth, but I know that will pick up as well. And again, what we found is it's actually the guests that reach out and we don't go, we don't get a guest on our podcast and say, Hey, would you like a website and try to sell to them? It's strictly value relationship and making them look like a million bucks. And then we just leave it at that. And then we're interacting with our buyers, getting to know the lingo, getting to know the industry, and then 
them and I just created this amazing piece of content um, that we get to distribute all over LinkedIn. That's awesome. And so your your strategy for the podcast is you interview pros- people who could potentially be your clients mm-hmm. about how yeah, they ideal do buyers. Ideal buyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Okay. Very good. Excellent. So you also mentioned that you don't do any outbound. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if somebody is, for example, engages with your content on a regular basis, you would not start a conversation. No, the, uh, I don't even know if I'd call it outbound, but the only outbound motion I would ever do and have done is if they're a second degree connection and they look like an ideal buyer and they liked my post, I'll send a connection request. I don't even send a note with it. Okay. And then you just leave it there so that hopefully they will see your content more frequently, but that's it. You don't start Mm -hmm. a conversation in any way. Yeah. After you connect with someone on LinkedIn, you have maybe two to three days to win them over in the algorithm from what I've found. And again, I might be a little off base with the numbers, but after you connect with someone, you then have to win them over with your content because the feed is going or the algorithm is going to feed them your content for two or three days. And if your content sucks, then the connection you just had, they're probably not going to engage and not see your content again. But if you are consistently putting out good content and they like it, the algorithm is going to continue feeding. And I've noticed that from new connection requests that I've had, they immediately show up in the feed. And if their content is good, I'll engage with it. If not, then I probably won't see it again. Yeah. Interesting. And do you have a formalized or in any way structured way of also engaging on other people's content? Did you give yourself a half an hour and you then just engage with people's content or is it mostly just when it comes on you on the feed? Mm-hmm. Early on, I did have a very structured and, you know, plan on how to do that. And that was, I would, I would probably spend 30 minutes. I would have um, ideal buyers. I would go comment on their stuff. I would comment on, for example, Chris Walker and Dave Gearhart, who are in the industry. They're kind of like the leaders of it. Um, Excuse me, just to get my name out there by commenting. As of late, I've I really don't have a ton of time to do that. And I've kind of built the audience in a way where it's self-sustaining. When I put out content, I respond to my comments. But um, when I have the time, it's definitely important to comment on other stuff, other people's stuff. But uh, as of right now, it's not anything formal. Okay. What's your- It's a great place to, it's a great place to get started though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And this is also what Chris Walker says. This is how he got started mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. By, by, by placing intelligent comments. I think one of the things that- most people underestimate is how much it takes to to actually post comments that are that really will stand out and these are really mm-hmm. i think you could just almost exhaust the length that is allocated to you the shorter it is in my experience the less likely people will comment on it and engage on it itself yeah. so i feel mm-hmm. of course it has to have value in it but i see a very strong at least in my case correlation with length of the comment and elaboratedness Mm-hmm. and its success and therefore you know profile views and inbounds and so on yeah if you can if you can drop value in the comment um definitely leave the comment but if not there's there comes a point when you just seem kind of spammy and i just wouldn't even comment at that point interesting so do you have like a comment did you have a commenting strategy where you would say okay i'm gonna focus on value or mainly encouraging people or asking questions did you have any plan with this 
<laughs> yeah, my plan was if a bot could leave the comment, don't leave the comment. And that was about it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think that's a good rule of thumb to follow. <laughs> Excellent. Great. <laughs> Uh, so tell us, what is your weekly workflow? Do you post every day and do you batch produce it? How do you do it? Yeah, this has kind of evolved. I've always posted daily or at least tried to. Right now, we're stacking video into what we're doing just because people want a personal connection. And if you look through my feed, they obviously get way less engagement just because one, they're not used to it. It's kind of new and LinkedIn chokes it a little bit more. It's harder to get it out there. Um, so our strategy is Monday, we post a podcast clip or I, I post a podcast clip. Um, Tuesday is a text post about marketing. Wednesday is a video of maybe me on a podcast or something I've said. And then Thursday, it's a text post. Friday, again, uh, we do two podcasts a week. So we like to promote it. So that is another podcast mini clip. And then Saturday and Sunday are kind of up in the air as to whatever I want to post. Um, sometimes I'll do a video. A lot of times I'll do a text post. And surprisingly, there's a lot of engagement that comes from the weekends, which I think a lot of people are sleeping on. Absolutely. I'm, I've had some of my most popular posts on a Sunday. I don't post on Saturday, but Sundays are great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Excellent. absolutely. Great. Okay. So one question I had for you is what... Oh, sorry, back to this. And do you batch produce your text content or is it every day that you, you spend some time? I do not batch create just because I've gotten pretty quick with coming up with posts. Um, for example, I have a running list of ideas in my phone. Um, so I'll be on a walk and say, you know what, this is really good. Or I'll hear, some, hear something on a podcast or just think about it throughout the day. I write it down. And then in the morning, I normally post around 8 a.m. So around 7.30, I'll start scrolling through the list and say, hmm, is there anything that, here that sticks out to me? I pick like an idea and then I expound on it. Um, the video is a little bit easier. We do batch that. Um, so I have uh, like a Google Drive folder that I'll go in, find a video that I want to talk about. And then the idea is already there. I just have to expound on it with the copy. And Chris Walker mentions this. I definitely seconded as well. Uh, the copy is super important when it comes to a video. Don't just say, hey, check out my thoughts on X because a lot of people skip the video, really put some thought into the copy as well. Uh, so that's how we do it. Absolutely. Mm. Do you have a take on, you see a lot on vulnerable content on LinkedIn, like where somebody's sharing their mental health struggles and posting very personal pictures, maybe of even like sick loved ones and so on. What's your policy? You, for example, you posted the picture of when, when your daughter was born and so on, but how do you balance personal with the professional? What's your, what's your strategy there? If you have one. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of erratic when it comes to posting personal stuff. I am a big fan of it just because people want a personal connection with you. So I like to post stuff of my, my new daughter and obviously my wife, um, just like a picture here and there. Um, no strategy behind it. As for like vulnerable content, I'm not, <laughs> it's gonna sound horrible. I'm not a very compassionate person. So I tend to scroll past those sort of things. And I'm not super like, oh, this is going on in my life. I want to share it with people. So I don't personally post that kind of stuff. And I scroll past it. It seems to get a lot of engagement from time to time. And maybe it's just like trying to connect on a human level more and more. Um, I would say like, don't turn it into a sob story more than anything, or like, I'm going to share this and hopefully people see it and it's going to generate like connection. And like, I wouldn't put a strategy behind that. Um, so I tend to, to stay away from it. 
But as for like personal content of like what I did or what's going on in my life, yeah, I'm all for that. That's fun. But maybe at least this is my policy, never more than on average, like 20% of my posts veer into the personal. I yeah, I go, I would say maybe once or twice a month is about when I, oh, I post yeah. like a picture. Um, so that's, I don't know what, what would that be like? Uh, oh, that's like 5%, 5% maybe. Yeah, that's five, yeah five something around there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Excellent. And yeah, one question that just came up to me was, was your growth linear in, in terms of engagement or was there some kind of like a curve to it? So let's say a week, a, a year ago, you started with very few, with little engagement. And now you average, let's say 100, 200 likes per post. Was your mm -hmm. growth there? Was it linear or is it more on the exponential side? Do you remember that? I think it was pretty linear, a very gradual slope. I mean, there are some months that are up and down for sure. But uh, I think people expect like, I'm going to be going at this for six months and then it's going to take off. And I think that's the wrong thought when it comes to LinkedIn. I think linear is a great way to describe what growth um, and engagement is going to look like on the platform. And you can't really complain with that. You have to have the patience for it. But I mean, linear growth going up the entire time, that's good even if it's slow. Um, and unfortunately, that's why a lot of people don't have the patience to do uh, what I'm doing on LinkedIn, because they want they want to see the hockey stick three months in, or <laughs> unfortunately, even two weeks in. And I don't think it works like that. Uh, you have to have the patience for it, and you'll see it gradually grow. And that's exactly what I've encountered as well on the platform. Awesome. Awesome. Did you encounter anything unexpected? Anything that you a year ago would never have thought that it's going to work or any tactics or anything else that you would like to impart to our listeners? Mm -hmm. um, well, I mentioned this before. I didn't, I wasn't very solidified on what I needed to talk about or what value I wanted to provide. Back in 2020, I was talking about business tips because I thought that we were going to continue selling to small business owners. And that changed into website tips, which kind of broadened into marketing as a whole for B2B SaaS companies, because that's who we are 100% servicing now. And I didn't know that going in, but it, if I hadn't jumped in and tried it and overthought like who I'm going to be talking to and, and tried to 100% solidify a strategy, I probably never would have gotten started. And I cringe going back to some of my posts, just reading. And it's incredible what you learn, how you communicate how you become more punchy with, with what you're saying to people uh, in your posts. And uh, it just takes practice. Excellent. Great. Sam, thank you so much for this. Can you tell us a little bit more about your business? So who do you serve? You mentioned B2B SaaS now, and what should people mm -hmm. do if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah, the best way to get in touch with me would be simply on LinkedIn. Um, you can shoot me a DM. I try to stay on top of them as best as possible. You can go to our website, oneclickagency.com uh, if you do need our services. But uh, LinkedIn is a great place to connect. Just follow me, Sam Moss. I'm sure I'll pop up if you search me in the in the search bar there. Definitely. Oh, and we'll definitely add your LinkedIn profile into the show notes. Mm -hmm. Awesome stuff. Thanks so much, Sam. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks, man. The State of Client Acquisition is a Content360 production. Music by Gavin Knox Grand. To sign up for alerts and to submit written and audio questions, go to stateofclientacquisition.com. I'll talk to you in the next episode.
Caffeine burned, wide awake, dreams and color.